Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning, connection, and resilience into your life and your business. This week, as always, we have another amazing guest for you, Dr. Jennifer Freed. Jennifer is the best-selling author of Use Your Planets Wisely, a renowned psychological astrologer and social emotional education trainer. She has spent over 30 years consulting clients and businesses worldwide on psychological, spiritual and educational topics. She has served as the Clinical Director of Pacifica Graduate Institute and is a national consultant for EMDR. As a regular contributor to Goop, Jennifer has written over 23 articles on wellness and astrology. Jennifer has also penned 10 books relating to personal growth and has been interviewed for her expertise by the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, USA Today and Vogue. In 1999, Jennifer and her partner, Rendy, created the non-profit AHA, which is dedicated to teens, families and educators feeling safe, seen and celebrated. AHA has served over 35,000 children and families in Santa Barbara. Jennifer has trained educators throughout the country in the five pillars of social and emotional learning which is self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. Dr. Freed's passion is to awaken the potential of each client and collective and to guide them to make lasting contributions to the communities. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today I'm very excited. We have the lovely Jennifer Freed. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. I'm thrilled to be here because I Am Woman Project is the most relevant topic right now. Oh, we're going to unpack that uh, most definitely. But before we do, Jennifer, we always love to ask a woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Jennifer, tell us what inspired you to do what you do today? I would say my major influences started young. My grandmother was a spy and turned in the Nazis. My mother was a social activist and my aunt was also. And so I felt very inspired to be a woman that made a difference from a very young age. And then when I got into my late teens, 
I was very fortunate to be mentored by many great women teachers, spiritual teachers, astrology teachers, psychology teachers. And I started my journey young and have never looked back and only gained momentum in my motivation and inspiration to help other women and also to keep growing myself. Wow, I love that. So we're going to go back to the statement that you made. Why is this such a powerful time to be a woman? Astrologically speaking, the only remedy for the world situation that we're in is an increased sensitivity to others and an emphasis on relationship. And women are built through our hormonal systems and our socialization to be connectors. So if ever there was a time to be focusing on women's skill sets and their development and their sense of caring for life on earth, it would be right now. I have heard this before about the the rise of the female empowerment, which is linked to the transit of Uranus through Taurus. Talk me through that. Taurus is a fixed earth sign and originally traces back to Sophia, the goddess of sensuality and beauty, and also before patriarchy, the bull, which was seen as a grand female powerful figure. With Uranus, the planet of liberation, change, and radical awakening in the sign of Taurus, it's an opportunity for the divine feminine through strength, sensuality, and groundedness to reawaken. Mm. So we were just having a conversation before about the alignments and what they tell us uh, before actually situations like this occur. Did you want to talk through yourself and your astrologer, uh, uh, your friends, uh, what you foresee uh taking shape? Yes. Well, we saw that coming in 2020, we would have what's called a conjunction between Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, and Mars. And it would be, as it is, in the sign of Capricorn. And Capricorn is the sign that relates to business, commerce, and structures and systems. Pluto is death, rebirth, Jupiter is expansion, Saturn is limitation, and Mars is aggression. Basically, we foresaw an aggressive limiting death to the systems that we knew on a global scale. So we foresaw that. And by the way, that particular influence of Saturn, Jupiter, and Pluto is strong right now it's strong through the middle of the summer, but then it gets even stronger again with the return of Mars activating that complex in August and all through 2020. So we were quite warned astrologically that we'd be going through this incredible crucible, but we didn't know why or how it would happen. And that's always the great mystery. So are you saying that we are looking at sort of bunking down for the next six months? Well, according to the astrology, it won't tell you, and that's what I love again, what's going to happen in the next six months in the year 2020, except for that we know it will be more massive transformation and deconstruction and 
uh, aggressive confrontation with the collective shadow. We know that. I can't say with certainty, nor anyone should, that we'll all be quarantined for the whole year. But there's some really great scientists and forecasters who are saying that the world should be prepared for toggling back and forth between sheltering at home, physical distancing, sheltering at home, until such time that a vaccine is created or we have a lot more knowledge about how to prevent this deadly virus. Mm. And so with these planetary alignments, does it depend on what is in your chart to how it impacts you personally? Absolutely. So for example, somebody with the birthday of January 10th through 17th is having the most powerful influence of all of this activity on their sense of identity. So depending on your birth date, you will see through astrology how these big actors are playing on your psyche. So it absolutely depends on where they are landing on your personal chart, what the influence will be in terms of your growth prospects and also your suffering. Mm, okay. And so, for example, for our listeners, I'm sure they, they're curious. Talk us through uh, the power of astrology. The power of astrology, I think, is just remembering your divine nature, the divine of your own understanding, and that you are here as part of a cosmic play between human will and divine will. And the chart is your original lesson plan. And from birth, it tells you your capacities, your talents, your obstacles, but it does not tell you the outcomes. So whenever people say to me, what will happen? I say to them, what will you be doing? Because we get to interact with the cosmos as agents of free will. So it's a divine conversation between our own desire nature and our needs and the lesson plan that we inherited as, at birth in terms of being a cosmic and human being. Okay, so could you look at somebody's chart, for example, and see what they've come in to learn, what their purpose is? I have noticed that we have many purposes, so there's not one unified purpose. So let's take you for an example your sun sign is Pisces, your moon sign is Pisces, your rising is Scorpio. So I want to let your listeners know a little bit about you. And what I talk about in my book, Use Your Planets Wisely, is we all have the ability to be quite shallow and negative with our capacities or to be quite evolving. So when you have a sun sign in Pisces, at the very best, you're psychic, you're intuitive, you're incredibly dialed into other people's feelings, and you have extraordinary compassion as your basic identity. Your moon sign is your innermost needs, your non-negotiable ways of getting your needs met. And Pisces moon means that you like to merge with others, that you have extraordinary compassion, and also a, a antenna that lets you know what others are feeling, and you're easily impacted 
by other people's energy fields because you're like a fish in a pond and anybody swimming near you, you feel what they feel. And then with a Scorpio rising, the ascendant is what your social role is, what you're here to do. And Scorpio at its best is about transformation and helping people realize their inner strength and calling upon it and helping people rise. So in your case, you know, if you came to me as a client, I'd say at least one of your purposes is to make a distinct, compassionate empathy with others that doesn't play to their weaknesses, but helps them find their indomitable strengths. Mm, yeah, and that's very much what I'm doing, that's for sure. You were talking about the collective shadow and the, or the collective unconscious tapping into the shadows. Do you want to talk us through that? What does that mean exactly? Well, the collective unconscious is something that Carl Jung talked about, which is basically on a very deep level, there is a record of all of our feelings and thoughts that's called the collective unconscious. If you think of it like we're each on a sailboat in the sea, but underneath us all is the same sea, and the sea remembers and evokes memories of all things. And so the collective unconscious is the repository of all of thought, time, feeling, and memory. And that's why certain people can have a dream of something they've never even known consciously before, but is quite accurate. Or why we can have telepathy, where we just know what somebody's feeling in Australia, or we actually know somebody's about to call. Because there's this stream of energy that's underneath and all around us at all times that contains everything. So the shadow, according again to Carl Jung, and now made popular in depth psychology in the 21st century, is everything that we don't want to face in ourselves or others. And sometimes we project and blame and scapegoat others. And sometimes we just deny our own exceptional qualities and also appropriate them to other people. So it's what's ever rejected and denied and, if you will, stuffed into that big dark closet. And do you think this has really, because we were talking about it before, this is really calling on us to, to slow down, to be with self, to go inside and do you think also it's also to fa face our shadow? Because definitely I've had conversations where people, um, especially those that have, you know, uh, extra, extroverts and likes to be out and about, that staying home for them or isolation is having to deal with their shadow aspects. What do you think about that? I couldn't agree more. It's the most obvious thing in the world that we've all been in the last at least 20 years or so, ever since the advent of the internet, become manic. We're always busy, we're always dialed in, we're always going places, or we're very rarely contemplative or reflective. So if you think of what's the shadow of mania, it's depression and it's withdrawing. We've come to a forced halt through this experience and some people are finding that greatly relieving because they could never keep up and they felt ill at the speed that everyone was going, getting nowhere. Some people are really feeling the depression and anxiety that comes from getting off the drug called mania. 
I've not heard of that actually. Shadow mania. So with shadow, it works in both ways, doesn't it? It's not always dark. It could be as simple as giving somebody a compliment, go, oh, you're such a great blah, 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 blah. Uh, is it a, also could be that you're paying somebody a compliment or envy that individual of what they're doing or the success? Yes, it's anything we don't own as ours. It's anything we don't consciously acknowledge as part of us because let's face it we're spiritual beings having a human experience so if i say i'm not that whatever that is i've cast it in the shadow it could be great things about me i'm not that smart i'm not that attractive you're uh, more humorous than me anything that we disavow can become the shadow because we've made it a not me situation that's right jennifer i also noticed on your website you have moon venus and jupiter level did you want to talk us through that what are those three levels that you speak about well i created after the success of my best-selling book use your planets wisely that came out in early 2020 some wisdom levels so people that want to work with me could participate at different price points. And the moon level is gaining access to what I call my soul EDU lessons and a few other things. And Venus, it means that you're in a more exclusive group that I do some kind of video work with on a regular basis. And then the Jupiter level is really just for 14 people that I'm doing monthly coaching with and will be on a private retreat. So it's just different ways for people to interact with me because I am not able to do so many readings right now because the other hat I wear is I am the chief content officer and co-founder of a big nonprofit here in Santa Barbara working with teens and educators and parents on social and emotional development. Wow, that's amazing. How how uh, do you find the time to do that plus doing all of this as well on, on the, uh, you know, the, the astrology side? You must be great with your time. Well, I'm an extraordinarily disciplined person, but here's the good news for your listeners. I didn't used to be. So I have great hopes for everyone because – I just, you know, basically what happened is I found the love of my life at age 38. I'm 62 now. That settled my heart. And once my heart was settled, I was able to just really get into a very strong ritual of discipline. And out of that, I'm able to accomplish a lot. And that's really been a big turnaround in my life because when my heart wasn't settled early on, I was in a lot of relationship drama, and that actually took up most of my time. So now I feel like I have a lot to give, and I'm really happy to give it. And because I have a Sagittarius rising, some of you will relate to that, I need to be up to a lot of things or I start feeling closed in. Mm, absolutely. So let's unpack your book a little bit, uh, Use Your Planets Wisely. Talk us through that. Well, a friend of mine and a colleague of mine that I've been teaching astrology to and with for years said to me, you really have to write this book because no one else is teaching astrology quite like you because at least in my experience, 
I have my PhD in psychology and I'm a therapist and I'm also a trainer of social emotional development and I do astrology. So this book is a combination of all of that. And it's basically a handbook or a workbook where once you get your planets and signs printed out for free, which you can do on Google, you use my book with your friends and family to go through and look at each of your planets and the signs that they're in. And you get a very clear picture and understanding of how to upscale the energies in your chart. And also every chapter has some very practical exercises you can do with yourself and others. So I think of it as a cosmic support group and also because I believe in social activism, it isn't for navel gazing, it's about connecting to the world and making a difference. So when you're talking about upscaling the energy, because we do have a lot of women uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show, how would they upscale their business or their energy to improve their business? If you could give us an example. Okay, well, they would have to tell me what their sun and moon sign is. Do you have a friend you want to mention and you know their sun and moon and I could use them as an example? Um, uh, I'm just no one. think. Uh, yeah, no, no. So we could use uh, a sun in uh, Gemini and a moon in Gemini. Okay. So in my book, you would look at sun and moon and Gemini, and you would see that you have three levels of operation. Primitive is when you're reactive in fear. Adaptive is when you're functioning. And evolving is when you bypass the ego needs in favor of fulfilling a community purpose. So sun, moon, and Gemini person, when they're not skillful, is distracted, is easily dissuaded uh, from following their truth because they've got too many ears on too many subjects. And when they're unskillful, they can be quite um, dilettantish, like going everywhere but nowhere. So that would be unskillful. So if this is a businesswoman, I would say the most important thing to upscale that business is to harness the Gemini Gemini, which would mean this. At its best, Gemini Sun and Gemini Moon is an expert at very clear, brief communications. And what they would need to be doing is setting up a platform and a portal to be a master of delivering messages. And they would need to have a partner that would help keep them accountable and focused because on the very best day, a sun and moon in Gemini is going to be pulled off purpose by lots of interesting news. So you want to make sure that person has a partner and that they are ruthless in keeping their commitment to the partners accountables. So then the business could absolutely grow with the mastery of communication and a highly specific focus that is unwavering. And then what they're fabulous at is enrolling everyone in their mission once the mission is grounded and clear. Great. That makes sense. A lot of sense. So, Jennifer, throughout your journey, what has been your greatest lesson learned thus far? Humility. Mm, and talk what us I through that. By, yeah. What, what I mean by that is I've been extremely fortunate to take a ton of creative risks like I've written 11 books or 12 books, I don't even remember now, 
And this is my first real best seller. Uh, so basically the path of a creative pioneer, which is what I consider myself, is filled with failures and humiliation because some things work and some things don't. And I think to be effective and impactful, I've needed to really listen and learn from my mistakes and really admit my failings and also my flaws and get assistance and help when needed. And I think that humility has really allowed me at this point in my life to be so grateful and also never taking my good fortune for granted. I have so much good fortune and I would say one in my partner and two is I have the best community of supporters and friends a woman could ever have and it would just never happen without that. Mm, I love that. And the the other thing that we love to ask our women of inspiration is about pain points. We believe everyone has pain points. What would be a pain point or some pain points that you uh, stumble across? And then how do you work through your solution? Be a little bit more specific about what you call a pain point because I might have a different understanding. It could be anything. So, for example, my business pain point is um, I... I say yes to everyone. I want to help the world. Um, and so it's a pain point for me because then um, I might not have enough time to do the things uh, that I need to do for myself. Um, or it could even be social media, for example. I, I outsource that. So these are just some examples. Oh, well, I can tell you one of my pain points that's a pain point for people that love me too is I'm not a perfectionist at all. And so sometimes I do things impulsively or recklessly, recklessly, like when you brought up social media, you know, I have uh, my dear friends that will say, you know, your, your message isn't very consistent and your quality of your videos isn't very good. And, you know, they'll just tell me because there's a great part of me that's just very free and, and spontaneous. But then it sucks on the other end, which is I'm not always as careful or as edited or as um, refined as I need to be, uh, according to some people I love. So there's that. And then the other pain point for me is that I'm very impatient by nature. And so I have to work constantly to wait for other people because I'm just about a thousand times faster than most anyone I work with. Oh wow, that's that's uh, an interesting one. So how do you how do you so if you're impatient, how do you uh, learn to be patient? Because I, I think that happen. We could all relate to that one when we want something to happen now. Uh, and sometimes I always say you just got to let it go because we kind of get in our own way uh, from it to come to fruition or to manifest. So how do you, how does one become more patient? In my case, I'll just speak for my chart of Taurus Moon and I'm Aquarius, um, a lot of physical exercise, but moderate. Every single day I exercise, otherwise I'd go out of my mind, and never too much, and I don't go to the gym, just want to let everyone know that. I take long, long walks. And then the other way is that I have very strict and replicable spiritual disciplines I do every morning before I start anything. And one of them is about surrendering. And the other one is some Qigong that I do that is very much about aligning with a higher purpose. So it's not my way, it's the way. And I'm just on the ride. 
So it's a mindset that I have to constantly work with and that helps. Mm, I love that. And for our listeners, for those that don't know what Qigong is, did you want to talk us through that? It's beautiful. Well, Qigong is like Tai Chi or it's in, it's in an eight, it comes from Asia, but it's an energy movement therapy, if you will. And it's a group of postures that one can do that actually balances all the different systems of the body and also connects one to the divine of their knowing. And I have, by the way, the best teacher ever, and he's the most humble guy, and his name is Paul Frazier, F-R-A-S-E-R. Look him up, and you can get free videos on how to do postures to help you with your immunity right now. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. So, Jennifer, what do you think is one skill that everyone must have? Full self-expression. That's Mm. my passion. I think that especially as women growing up in mostly an era of still patriarchal privilege, that women are taught from early ages to somehow truncate and silence important parts of ourselves. And I think that when you are committed to full self-expression, it's like taking a flower and saying, bloom as big and wide as you possibly can, show all your colors. And then in that, I think people feel so much happier. And then when they're loved, they trust it because they're not leaving anything out. Oh, I love that. And I I was also, uh, it kind of links into a little bit about what we were talking about before, the female empowerment or the rise of female empowerment. How do or how does one find their voice? Because I find that this is kind of um, uh, a bit of an obstacle for a lot of women. Yeah, I have only found one way. I've been leading women's groups for 40 years and women's retreats, and that's the only way I've seen it. Women in the company of other women exploring what's blocked us and also being cheered on when we take risks. I think it's fabulous, and I have very many important men in my life that support me, but in terms of reclaiming our voice, I think it has to be done woman to woman and groups of women and really deciding when you walk through those doors that every woman is going to be safe, seen and celebrated. And that's a quote from my friend, Jennifer Buffett. I love that. I absolutely love that. What would be some of those common blocks that you see in your groups? I'm dumb. I'm not enough. What does it matter if I say it? It's been said before. I don't know how to say it. They'll say it better. I mean, I can tell you there's so many blocks. Okay. And I'm sure. I, better wait, I better wait till I'm, you know, a PhD before I have the right to say it. I better have evidence and data before I can say it. There's so many blocks. Yep. And I'm sure we could all relate to a lot of those, that's for sure. Yeah. I certainly had to work through a lot of them and... One of the things I want to say to your listeners the most is that our divine way of knowing often is from our heart and our gut, and we don't need to substantiate it with data. If we know something, it's good enough that we know it. 
that's been a big learning for me because so much of what I knew intuitively has now been proven, but it's like, duh, you know, for just little things like if you hold your children more, they'll feel more secure. Well, now we have data to support that. Or if you exercise every day, you'll have more strength and balance as you age. We need studies to prove things that are just obvious. And I want to encourage women to trust themselves. It's so true. Do you know, the, just not that long ago, we are having a conversation about, um, you know, and even with me from a spirituality point of view, I mean, I've been uh, doing this kind of work in my teens um, and even in my 20s I had um, – a shop back then it was a long time ago over 30 years ago but back then it was considered woo-woo because of the stuff that we did in there and um it's really interesting now it's kind of those the the thing I, I was a a spiritual junkie but a closet junkie and it's not till now where there's a lot of evidence there's quantum um uh, physics there's, there's all this research that backs it all up that now it's okay to talk about it so all these yeah. people are coming out of the closet now Yes, I, I find it hysterical because like you, I've been in this learning for so, so long. And one of the most interesting, obvious things along the way was, of course, what we think about things affects things. Well, it took quantum physics and billions of dollars to prove a theorem that we already knew. What we think affects ourselves and others. What we say to people affects them, of course. So we need to trust ourselves more be willing to speak our own truth without comparing it to others and also supporting women to have differences of experience because you know something one way doesn't invalidate the way I know it. Mm, that's so true. Absolutely. So the one thing that we uh, also love to ask her was, as we start wrapping up the show is to ask our woman of inspiration is to pick one word that best describes your personal brand. So Jennifer, what would be that one word for you? Exuberant. Oh, I love that. And absolutely, that's that really resonates with me when I see you and the work that you do. And the last question is, what are three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? So they could be like three practical exercises for our audience. Well, one, especially right now, is find any person in your life on a daily basis at the same time of day to say out loud your gratitude, because gratitude is definitely one of the highest vibrations and is one of the healthiest things for us to express, gratitude. Second, I would say that taking time each day to sit outside and just breathe three deep breaths and just relax and just say, all is okay right now. All is okay right now. Because like you mentioned at some point, it's not helpful for our immune system or for our healing to have loads of fear. So it's very good just to be in the present and say all is okay right now. And then the last thing is be the first person in these closed quarters to admit when you've created unnecessary harm to anyone else through your chores, your actions, your words, and be the person to say to that person, I did this. It must have felt crummy to you. 
how can I make it up to you? We're living in unprecedented times of tension and be the first person to repair the mistake. Don't wait for others to come to you. Oh, I love all three, Jennifer. And where is the best place for our uh, listeners to find you? Go to Jennifer Freed, like F-R-E-E-D dot com, com, And please, when you email me, let me know you listen to the show and I'll do something special for you because you heard it through I Am Woman. Oh, you're gorgeous. Thank you so much, Jennifer. We'll have all of those in the show notes, your links. Um, I can't thank you enough for your time, your energy, and sharing your wealth of wisdom. Thank you so very much. Okay, Catherine, have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplanner.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Plano. That's it for now. Until next week, wishing you a fabulous day.